0: (laughs) hi everyone and if you're getting on go ahead and share our broadcast like and share
1: if you're getting on from a previous one that would be great (laughs) we had technical difficulties
0: Uh. but if you're watching a replay go ahead and like and share we're gonna talk about possessing the promise so yeah just share with your friends Mm
1: -hmm.
0: share the podcast with your friends there's your mom is that my mom yeah oh hi mom share our video
1: (laughs) so we're going to be talking about um possessing the promise and breaking down a story Of a what up, Melanie?
0: Hi, Melanie.
1: We're gonna be breaking down a story. What up, Ron? Um, from the book of Genesis, it was one of the greatest men, um, that honestly walked the face of the earth. In my opinion, who and he walked with God. It was really the only person God ever said that He is my friend. And I mean, up till the New Testament, there wasn't anyone that God actually like cared about their opinion as much because even before God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, the God actually wanted to talk to Abraham before he did it. He said, How can I hide such a thing from Abraham before I do this? So you, you gotta think that when you have something or or you you have a connection with God. That God actually what comes down to tell you what he's about to do before he does it. That's pretty amazing. And until the New Testament we don't really see that a whole lot. God commands prophets to do his work. But as for having a friend, there wasn't really anyone that God had. Maybe except from the exception except for Moses. But God never had anyone that he actually called a friend. What up, Christine? What up, Christine? <laughs>
0: that was really funny. Yeah,
1: I just saw like the H and then the four eyes.
0: What is that video sign on it? I don't know. Love you.
1: I'm kind of wondering the same thing.
0: Oh, maybe we can bring people
1: on. Is that what that means? I don't know.
0: Maybe not. Sorry.
1: I don't know what it means.
0: Me neither. But anyways, I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Distractions. So we're going to talk about possessing the promise and how to possess what God wants for your life. What does God want to see you do? Where does God want you to be? Hi, Tanya. Because even in this time, I believe we're living in the last hour of the church. We're living in the last hour of time, maybe even the last few minutes. I don't believe we have much time left on this earth. So I believe, as a Christian, that it is going to be imperative that we get things done. Mm -hmm. And that we see, what is it? You have a question about Moses? Um, Just private message me after the thing. I'd love to answer it. Um, Or
0: we can answer it at the end.
1: Or answer it at the end is fine too. It'll be a little bit quicker. But, um... Tanya, <laughs> hi Tanya. Hi Barnes. What up, Jesse? <laughs> but, oh, who, who? Someone just liked it. Who was that person that mom went to college with?
0: Oh, hi Shay.
1: Yeah, Shay? that's who it is. Oh, but oh,
0: it's Mara.
1: No, it wasn't. I
0: saw Mara in Li face. Yeah, she was hugging. But
1: Leehouse. I think Shay's on too. Hi oh. Shay. I'll just say hi, and if you're on, you can comment. But, um back to what I was saying, you know, I'm wanting to talk about Abraham because I believe right now during this time in the church, we are seeing the last move of God. We are seeing the last revival being poured out because I believe Jesus is coming back very, very soon, like very soon. So I want to talk to you about possessing the promise that God has for you because a lot of Christians have waited and, and been in the backlight. For so long that they have forgotten what God has actually given them that God, they've forgotten the promise of God and you see Abraham he walked in a full benefit of the promise of God and it was God who made a promise to Abraham about the land that they were to inherit and God has good things for his children but we have to know what those good things are we have to know that God wants good things and then we also have to follow the steps to obtain those good things God wants you to be rich. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to have a healthy body. And we've been stuck on this for a long time. We've been stuck on the fact that God wants to have good things for you. And the reason is, is because a lot of people don't know it. And we want people to know that God has a plan for you in this last hour of time. And it's not just to watch everyone else grow. Because the Bible says in Proverbs, he has laid up the wealth of the wicked for the just. And we are living in a last hour of time where that has to happen. That scripture has to come to pass. Those things have to happen in this last hour of time because God's word has promised it. So we have to stand on the word of God and believe what it says. Because I believe this is going to be a time where Christians are going to prosper. And, and I honestly believe that. I think the church is going to see the greatest influx of wealth that we've ever seen in, in, in any time. Maybe from the beginning of where the Catholic Church prospered in, in Rome. I, I honestly believe that from this time, we are going to see the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the greatest outpouring of revival. And I'm going to talk a little bit about Abraham. Do you have anything before I jump into this?
0: Nope.
1: All right. I'll go ahead and jump into this. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis um, chapter 12. I'll give you a second to turn there. I'll just go ahead and read it. Yeah, i give you a second. <laughs> yeah, you got one second, are you literally. Are
0: me a second to turn literally,
1: literally one second to turn there. <laughs> if you're not there in a second then you can just watch your screen it says now the lord said to abram go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that i will show you and i will make of you a great nation and i will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing get that he will make you great so that you can be a blessing isn't that funny God is wanting to make one man great so that he can be a blessing to other people. God wants to make you a blessing. Get that. God wants you to prosper. God wants to make you great and then he also wants you to begin to make bless other people. But you can't do that off of a $30,000 income. You can't bless people off of a low income. And I'm not crashing $30,000 incomes. That's what I make a year. I make about 32 between 30 and 40. So I'm not crashing it. That's the position that we're at now. But again, as God has shown us a vision. Has God has shown us an idea to prosper? I believe we're going to go to new heights. We're going to go to new levels. And I believe God wants the same thing for you. God wants to give you the same thing. It's not just me he's favoring. It's not just my wife. It's not just the preacher you see on TV. God wants you to prosper.
0: Yeah.
1: God wants you to have that. Picking back up at verse three, I will bless those who bless you and I will dishonor those who you, who curse you. And in all the families of the earth, you shall be blessed. In all the families of the earth, you shall be blessed. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. He left it at his dad's house at 75. Get that. God called a set, like you would beginning to think. So if you're an older person listening to this video, it doesn't matter. Abraham didn't start his journey until he was 75. And from 75, I think he lived to be 180 He's got. He did a bunch of cool things. A bunch of stuff.
0: <laughs> a bunch of cool. A things. A bunch of cool things. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but he did a ton of stuff with that short period. He didn't have. A, he had about a hundred years left. So I guess that is a lot still. But he was seventy-five when he started his journey. So you got to understand, God has a plan for you, no matter what your age is. God. St- Colonel Sanders was sixty-eight when he created his Kentucky Fried Chicken recipe, and he ended up writing a check. To a church. A huge check and paid off a church building. It doesn't matter who you are. God wants to use you. Mm -hmm. God wants to prosper you so you can be a blessing. 75 years old, he's finally leaving his mom and dad's house. I couldn't even imagine that. 75 years old, most people would be like, man, my life is done. But God said, no, leave your father and mother's health. Leave what you've known and let me show you what I have for you. And this is where most people never are willing to walk. Is what are you willing to leave behind? What are you willing to put on the side and say, forget this. What does God have for me? What does God give me? And I want you to understand this. It's not listed here. But if you break it down into scripture... His father was actually an idol maker, and it shares that in another version. His father actually created idols and gods that people would worship, that people would bow down to, and that people would, you know, he sold idols, basically. So when you come from a a lineage of people who made idols and sold things that completely go against what God said to do, and God says, now I want you to, and I would imagine it would be a very profitable business. You got to think, it's like creating something that's a necessity. People worship God. So if you create a new God, it's like creating a new iPhone back then. Oh, we don't have this God, let's buy this one. You know, you you gotta understand, it's kind of funny to think about, but I would imagine it would be a very profitable business. So you gotta think, he's leaving a business, he's leaving a heritage that probably was already good to start with, and going out to listen to this God he just heard from halfway through his life. It would be like a 40-year-old me sitting here and God telling me to leave the business I already have, leave the family business that makes over $300,000 a year, and then say, I want you to do this. I would be like, wait, am I not in a good position already? Am I not doing a good thing already? I would begin to question, but instead he chose to obey God and he left what he knew to go to something else. Do you have that scripture in, actually, I'll turn there, scripture in Mark. I'll go ahead and read that while I'm on it. can find it. Mark 10. Mark 10. I'm going to start at verse 27. It says, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. This is the rich young man that comes to Jesus and asks Jesus, how do I follow you? And Jesus says, you must forsake everything. You must give your wealth to the poor and then come and follow me. So Jesus is telling him, give up everything you knew and then come and follow me. Be my disciple. And that's what he offered this young ruler. And then you have Peter who, who heard all of this happen. And Peter says, Peter began to say to him, See, we have left everything and followed you. Now, you got to understand, Peter was not a bum. Um, Matthew was not a bum. He was a tax collector. He probably made a decent income being a tax collector. He made a percentage off of taxes. Peter was a fisherman. Peter, you know, that's like, again, you have, have you seen the uh, price of ahi? For a pound of it, it's like $20 a pound. He probably made good money being a fisherman. He had a commercial fishing business. Matthew was a tax collector. He had people that made money. He didn't have bums. He didn't find people that were under a bridge and said, come and follow me. He found business people and they followed him. So you got to understand... Peter left his house. Peter left his business. Matthew left his house. Matthew left his business. Prominent people left what they knew to come and follow Jesus. Now you have a rich young man coming and saying, what must I do to do this? And he said, drop it all and come and follow me. And, because, and the Bible says because he had great wealth, he would not leave it. He was saddened in his heart because he had great wealth and wouldn't be willing to give up the cost. Mm-hmm. What is your upfront cost isn't the investment you're going to make. Same thing, if you invest in a good company, you would hope that you would receive a return. If I invest 10 grand, it may be a lot for me now, but if I invested 10 grand into Apple years ago, my profit on that would be a lot more than what it would have been 10, when I invested 10 years ago. you got to understand, the investment you make for Jesus Christ, it says you will reap 100-fold. Write what I'm about to read. God, your investment in God will never be the same thing, it is to be greater than what you put into it. What you have given to God up front, it is going to be greater, and you are going to reap more than what you you gave up. Let me finish that scripture. Verse 29, Jesus said, after Peter said, what we've given everything to follow you, Jesus said to Peter, Jesus said, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house, or brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or lands, for the sake of the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the and, and in the age to come eternal life. So he's promising us now on this life and in an eternal life. He's saying, because you've done this, I will make sure you were blessed on this earth a hundredfold and in the next life to come. And you know, even reading commentaries on, on these scriptures, you hear a lot of people, it, it wasn't meaning a literal blessing. It meant more spiritual. You saw that Peter had many, many friends in the body of Christ. It, it, yes, Peter had friends, but he also started the biggest church at that time period. He had a church of 4,000 people. Get that. He had a mega church very quickly. God wants to bless you. Most people don't think about those things. Peter prospered. Peter had a big church. They were laying lands down at the church, at the feet of the church. Get that. The church was blessed. The church was blessed. God wants to bless you. It, wasn't, it was a literal blessing. He had a literal blessing. People say it was friends. It, well, it, it, he, he's going to have, reap a blessing when he gets into heaven. Yes, he will. But he also had a blessing here on this earth. God blessed him here on his earth as long as he was here. The disciples were always taken care of. And, and, you know, even when it says, with persecutions in the age and to come eternal life, there is an upfront cost to everything. You have to be willing to make that cost to see the blessing, just like Abraham made that cost himself before he saw the blessing of God. What is it that God is calling you to give up or lay down to move into your next step? What is it that God is saying, I want you to do? You know, just like my parents, when they moved to Hawaii, they sacrificed what they had here. And it was a good thing. And they had many blessings here. But when God called them to move to Hawaii and they were obeyed that, I believe God wants to bless them a hundredfold. You have to understand God wants to bless you above what you gave up. But you have to make the cost. I know Jesse and Christine are on. They moved a family, they moved a family of five from Hawaii. Three young children. And I don't know if you guys are still on, but moving a family of three young children to know, to a land you have never been to before is a huge step. I believe God's going to want to bless you guys a lot. And I believe God's going to give you a vision to prosper in this, in this last hour of time. So receive that. God has a plan for you. God has something for you, but you have to be willing to take those steps. Where is it that God is calling me to move that I may not be willing to go on my own? Because that's when the doors open. It's the step of faith that you're willing to take to move into that, that God wants to bless you. Abraham had to leave the business. Abraham had to leave mom and dad's house before he he was blessed. Yeah, Jesse. Christine's on too. (laughs) Alright, I'm going to go back to Genesis. God wants to bless you. So, here we go. Um, Genesis 12, starting at verse 4. So Abraham went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot was was with him. Abraham was about 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abraham took Sarah his wife, and Lot his brother's son, which would be nephew, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abraham passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Moriah. At the time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, Do to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who appeared to him. From there, he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent. I'll stop there. God already appeared to him. When he took the step to leave, God told him, I'm going to give you this land. And it was a great land. It was a great, it was a good land. And God had already promised him that land when he left. Now I'm going to jump over to chapter 13. And you can read on to that chapter. There's a famine in the land. He ended up moving to Egypt. And, you know, he gets into a whole thing with the Pharaoh there. But then he leaves Egypt with much more wealth than what he came into during a famine. What are we in right now? It's a famine. You you can call it a plague, but it is a famine because the economy is sloping way below where it should be. We're seeing a crash in the economy. We're seeing things happen that shouldn't be happening right now. It is a famine that we're living in today. But God wants to prosper you. This is a time, I believe, because this is the time where we also received an idea that I believe is going to take us to the next level. I believe that during this time... You know, this is the time where we should be praying. We should be fasting. And that's exactly what we did four weeks ago, three weeks ago, probably more like three. But this is a time where I believe God wants us to begin to inquire of the Lord and say, where do you want me to move? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to start? How do you want me to prosper on this earth? Because, you know, and you can ask my wife, I come up with so many ideas in a day it's not even funny. Like I'll come up with idea after idea and she be like, stick with one thing, figure out what you're going to do and then do that. And you know, I remember when we were praying and fasting about a home, I, God came, I, I honestly believe it was a God thing. It had to be a God thing. God imparted one idea, one thing that would make us grow from where we are now up to the top. That's what God wants to do for you. God wants to give you one divine idea to bring you from where you're at now and take you to the top. God wants to give you a divine idea where you can prosper above everyone else you're in. One idea. One thing. Abraham did one thing. He obeyed God and God gave him an idea. It doesn't say what that idea was. All we know is very quickly, one chapter later, Abraham was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. 13-2. I'll read that. Now it says, Abraham left Egypt. It says, now Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold. And he journeyed on from the Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai. And it, after that, it talks about him and Lot splitting up. But the thing is, the blessing of God was so great on Abraham's life that even Lot prospered. The people around you will prosper because of the blessing off of your own life. The people around you will prosper. Get that. You're going to be going to make other people blessed just for them being associated with you. God wants other people to be blessed just because they are with you. Lot was his nephew that followed Abraham around. And Lot's life fell apart immediately after he left Abraham. Because you see, like from that point on, he had great possessions. A neighboring tribe completely robbed him. Abraham offered to bring him back in. Abraham rescued Lot, offered to bring him back in. Um, Lot said, no, I think we're going to go to Sodom and Gomorrah. We're going to go stay there. We're going to go to Sodom. Abraham said, okay. So they left to go to Sodom. After that, Sodom was destroyed. God was gracious, brought them out. And then Lot and his two daughters lived in a cave for the rest of their life. And that was basically all you heard from him after that. Now he went from being prosperous, connected to Abraham... To nothing, living in a cave with two daughters, whereas two daughters slept with him because they couldn't find husbands. Get that. He moved from a position of having great wealth, being connected to the promise of God, to nothing when he disconnected himself from that promise. The blessing of your life will produce such a great blessing on other people that when they are connected to you, their life would prosper. Lot did not have an anointing to prosper. He prospered only because he was connected to Abraham. People connected to you will prosper because they are working for you or because they're connected to you. But, but other than that, they will have no anointing. You have an anointing to prosper. And it'll show. The Bible even says that there will be a difference between the the righteous and the wicked. And I believe that's coming. We're going to see a righteous generation prosper where people will say, surely God's hand is on their life. That's exactly what happened with Abraham. Where he signed treaties with other nations. And other nations came to him saying, surely the Lord is with you. Will you make a treaty with us so you don't come and kill us? They were afraid of one man. A whole nation was afraid of one man. Get that. God wants to make you great.
0: Get that, guys.
1: Get that. I'm sorry. I'm talking way too much. Go ahead. But God wants to bless you. He has a plan for you. I'll go ahead and stop there, and I'll let you read 1314.
0: Go ahead. I don't know where you're at. That's why.
1: 1314. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth so that one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring shall also be. He's saying this, I will make your offspring so great that it will be like counting the dust on the earth, which is impossible to do. But he had Abraham go up. And look at everything he could see and said, this is the land I will give you. What you see, I will give you. What you can look at, I will give you. Now, if I knew that and he had the technology, I would have been charting a private plane, And I would have been flying around the land so I could see more. But God wants to bless you. Everything you can hold in the side of your eyes. Everything that you can imagine for yourself. That's the, that's the amount that God is wanting to bless you with. What you can see... What you can attain is where God, that's your faith level. God wants to bless you with what you can see. What is it that you are seeing right now that God wants to do in your life? It may not be the same level as everyone else, but again, you have to start somewhere and you have to put your faith in God at some point. Where is it that God is showing you to go? Where is it that God is showing you that this is what you'll have? And begin to see with your own eyes, this is what I believe I'm going to have, and that's where God's going to make sure you have that done. It was what Abraham saw, not what he didn't see. Don't attain after something you don't believe. Attain with your own eyes the vision that you have set before you. Could you pull that scripture up and have it cut for me? Mm. Yeah. All right.
0: Can
1: you read it? Yeah. All right. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. The vision is for the future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. Is this the right one? Might be it. All right. And the Lord answered me, write the vision and make it plain on tablets so he who may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. So God is saying, write down the vision you have. Write down what you want to see. What is it that God has placed in your spirit? What is it that you believe God can do? Write it down. Make that vision known to you, because that's when when God's going to answer you. God wants to answer your vision. God wants to make your vision come true. God doesn't want to see you in the same position you're at. God wants you to grow. But it's according to your own faith and your own vision. You can't move past that. So what is it that you're believing for? What is it that you're wanting to see in your life? And it could be as simple as seeing a new car. It could be as simple as seeing something else. But again, whatever it may be, God wants to bless you with that. So set your vision and ask God for instruction on how to get to that point. Ask for instruction on how to move to that point. It's the only way you're going to go. It's the only way you're going to prosper. Believe the word of God wholeheartedly and know what faith is. Believe in faith, stand on the word of God and move for that. And that's what Abraham had to do. He had to look, he saw the land and he moved with that promise. And you see the only time, and you may have faith for one thing. I may be getting a little off subject. You may have faith for one thing. For example, Abraham had faith for prosperity. You can clearly see everything he touched prospered. But again, where did he mess up? It was in the children aspect. It was in the area of having children. He didn't believe God could birth him a son. He ended up messing up on that. You see where him and Sarah, Sarah laughed. So he actually couldn't even name his own son. He had to name his own son Isaac, which meant laughter. So again, he couldn't even have the privilege of naming his own son. God said, you're going to name him Isaac because Sarah laughed. And then you see the promise of Ishmael, or not the promise, but the the curse of Ishmael, where he slept with Hagar. You see all of these things that Abraham messed up on because he didn't follow the command of God. You have to stick with it. Stick with the vision that God gave you. You know, and God told Abraham a lot from this point, do this and you will have this. I will make your nation as great as the sand's. He told Abraham this a lot. Then he came back to Abraham and said, your nation will be as great as the stars. He gave Abraham this a lot. He made this vision clear and plain. Make sure you can see that vision. You know, I know with ours, we are constantly, it's, it's a house we're believing for. We are constantly driving up to see that house. We are keeping the vision in front of us so we don't lose sight of what God has promised us. Whatever you're believing for, keep in your sight. Know what God has called you to do. Keep that in your sight so you don't lose faith for that. God constantly reminded Abraham, and that's why I believe he had Isaac, is he constantly had the faith for it. He believed in faith what God was going to give him. Keep it in your eyes. Keep it in your sight. God constantly reminded them, And he still messed up. There was still the promise of, um, of Ishmael. But again, don't make the same mistake because one mistake could cost you dearly. It may have not it did affect Abraham because it created marital issues with him and Sarah. Sarah is angry, one turned him to kick out Hagar. He feels bad for Hagar because he knows Hagar is going to die. Thankfully God took care of her, but it created issues in the home. It created issues in his entire commute. Get that. One issue that you don't follow God on can create issues in your entire life. That is why it is so important to stick with God. It was even Sarah who gave him the idea to do it. People will feed into your life. This is what I think you should do. If you do this, I think you're going to prosper. I think and people try to do that. People who mean well for us. Sarah meant well for Abraham. People will mean well for you, but that doesn't mean they have the same vision that God laid on your heart. You have to go with the vision that God put on you and follow that to a T. You can't stray from that. People are going to tell you, I have words of wisdom all the time from, from people. You know, this would be the wisest thing to do in your situation, being your age, being as young as you are. This is what you should do. Again, you're not God. You didn't tell me this. God promised me this. I'm following God. Yes. Thank you for the word of advice. But again, God is what promised me this. I'm following God. It doesn't matter what man says anything. It matters only what God says. Only what God says. And I had to stand up for that one at one point. I had to stand up and say, no, this is what God has promised me. This is what God has told me. This is what God has given me. I'm not backing down from that point. No matter who it is. It could be family. It could be your closest friend. It could be your neighbor. It could be someone of influence. You don't know. It could be your pastor. It could be anyone that is giving you advice that God didn't tell you to do. You know, you'll hear things all the time from great people. That are wanting to wanting that are meaning well for you, but that's not who that's not God. When God tells you something, stand on that promise. No matter who says it, no matter who says it. If God promised you something, any other word of advice that man gives you, forget about it. The Bible says, "Let God be true, and every man be a liar." So whatever the doctor says, whatever anyone else says, it doesn't have to be truth. What God told you stands as truth, and that is final. Make that the final decision in your life. What God says to you, make that the final say in your life. God has the final say. Not man, not my brother, not my sister, not whoever. God has the final say in my life. It doesn't matter what person comes up to you with an idea. Make God your final say. That's when God will take you to the next level. Because God wants your faith to operate. What about Joshua when he marched around Jericho? You know how many people probably told Joshua that's a dumb idea? He had two what 1.5 million Israelites following him? Imagine that. Having millions of people around you following you, and you come up with the idea we're gonna march around the city and then yell as loud <clears throat> as we can on the seventh day. What kind of battle strategy would that be? How many advisors do you think came up to Joshua and said, Now Joshua, I, I know God told you that, but you know, are you sure God meant that literally? Did God really literally mean to yell at the building or, or did God mean something else? Maybe you should spend some extra time in prayer on that. No, he stood on what God said because you have people say whatever. You have people go on and, and tell you their opinion because it doesn't make sense in the natural. It doesn't, but God has a promise for you and you must follow that through. Alright. You have anything? No. Alright. Make the vision plain to you. I talk the entire time, so if you have anything...
0: And, or close out if you
1: are done. Alright. And maybe you're sitting here today, wondering, you know, how can I even have a promise from God... If I don't even follow God. if how, I've never even heard the voice of God in my own life. I don't even know who God is. I don't understand the person of God. But again, you have to be a born-again believer in Christ. You have to know who Jesus Christ is. Because that is who will take you to the next level. That's who will bring you into a place of poverty, into riches. The Bible says He pulls you from the dunghill and sets you on the rock to stand. He wants you to have a prosperous life, but you must know what God wants for you, and you must know who God is. And you must know who Jesus is. You have to make Him your Lord and Savior. Because until you do, the devil can run amok in your life. You may have had it rough. You may have had it in a bad position. But that's not what God wants you to have. That's not what God wants you to be. God wants you to come to a position where you know Christ, and you can move forward, and you can say, Thank you, God, for what you've done for me. And he wants to make you a living testimony where people are going to say, surely God's hand is on that life. That's not the same person I knew. That's not the same person I I, I knew in college. People will say that stuff. God wants to take you and make you a living testimony for your generation and for the people around you. So if you've never confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you once did, and you have found yourself falling away, And pulling out from the will of God. And and this is convicting you now. This is touching your heart. I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, Come into my heart. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again on the third day. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life and Savior of my soul. Jesus, I thank you that you died for me and that you're coming back again for me. Make this a declaration out of your mouth. Say, I am saved. I'm born again and I'm on my way to heaven because I had Jesus in my heart. And that's it. You're saved. You're born again. And if you said that prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can write either one of us. If you have any questions starting out your walk of Christ, I would love to hear from you. And and we would definitely get back to you. We want to help you. We want to start you out in the right direction. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. And other than that, I'm good. Bye.